This episode of Tearsheets Payments Podcast is sponsored by Quavo. With their flagship offering QFT, Quavo has created a chargeback management solution for issuers of all sizes. Hey there, welcome back to the Power of Payments Podcast. I'm your host, Ismail Umar, and in today's episode, I'm joined by Gaurav Sethi, Chief Strategy Officer at Citizens Pay. Citizens Pay is a bank-owned BNPL offering from Citizens Bank, one of the oldest financial institutions in the US, which offers a range of retail and commercial banking products and services to individuals, small businesses, and large corporations. In our conversation, Gaurav talks about how being a bank-owned BNPL provider differentiates Citizens Pay from other major players in the space, like Klarna and Affirm, how the current macroeconomic climate is impacting Citizens Pay, as well as other BNPL firms, and the recent report from the CFPB and what increased regulation would look like for BNPL lenders. So here's my conversation with Gaurav Sethi. Thanks again for, for joining me. It's great to have you here. And so we could uh, maybe start by you telling us a little bit about yourself, your professional background, and, and how you came to be at Citizens Bank. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, pleasure to meet you, Ismail, and uh, happy to be on this call. Um, I have uh, been at Citizens about two and a half years um, and uh, lead the product and strategy for Citizens Pay, which is our buy now, pay later business uh, at Citizens Bank. Um, I'm a 22-year veteran of uh, payments and financial services industry. Um, most recently, um, prior to this role, I was with JP Morgan Chase, um, and my last role was... Uh, uh, the head of uh, lending innovation for the card business at Chase, where um, you know our team was responsible for uh, innovation, creating new lending products and installment products were, were some of the, the things that we did in the last role. And that was sort of the, the genesis of the move to citizens um, uh, as I looked at the payments landscape and borrowing habits um, and how that was evolving. Uh, consumers definitely were shifting their borrowing behavior um, from credit cards to more of these transparent installment type products. Uh, and Citizens was very keen to build out um, and grow their installments and point of sale business. Um, so that was that was usually uh, attractive, right? Um, <laughs> the puck was moving in that direction from a consumer uh, behavior standpoint. Um, the bank was really, really keen to and had a head start. Um, in, in that direction. So, so that was kind of the motivation for me to, to um, join Citizens. Great. Um, now maybe we can dive into Citizens Pay. Like uh, if you can talk a little bit more about Citizens Pay and how as a bank owned BNPL offering, how, how you think that differentiates it from, from other major players in the BNPL sector, firms like Klarna and Affirm, both in terms of how it operates and, and what it offers to consumers. Right. So good question. Um, so Citizens Pay is a, a unique solution uh, that the bank has built. Um, it's an omni-channel solution um, that provides a digital um, installment offer at checkout um, with all of our retail partners. Um, so that part is very consistent with what you might have seen across other competitors in the buy now pay later space. 
um, what is differentiated um, between how we do things uh, versus uh, a typical fintech buy now pay later um, provider uh, are a couple of things. Um, one is we take a very different approach to our solution. Um, we cater to more sophisticated needs of larger retailers who are looking to build either new product categories like subscription and bundles or are looking um, for something beyond a, a widget at checkout. So um, what, what the experience that we've uh, seen and heard from our retail partners and just retailers in general is um, while a buy now pay later checkout option is, is helpful, it typically sees um, a sort of tender shift between one payment method versus another. Um, and while there is some incremental lift, um, it's not as much as if you were building a omni-channel solution that looked at the entire customer journey, not just at checkout, right? So pre-purchase um, behavior, um, product comparison, shopping pages, um, pre-approval marketing, there are all of these components before a customer actually decides uh, what to buy and what to use to pay for that. And that is the approach we take. Um, we build all these different product categories um, and embed our solution across the entire consumer journey, um, not just at checkout. So that's one fundamental difference. Um, the other is our product is an installment loan within a, a line of credit. And what that does is it allows um, consumers to use the same account for make, uh, to make multiple purchases with our, our clients, right? So if you wanted to shop at Merchant X um, and you made the first purchase at Merchant X, what we do is we give you a line of credit with that merchant. Um, the first purchase has one installment, let's say it's for $100 a month. The next time you want to shop at that same merchant, um, you do not have to apply for it or get a new loan. Um, you are able to use the same product and get the second thing and the third thing uh, within the same account. So, and, and it's a single billing. Um, so that $100 a month might become $120 after you make the second purchase, et cetera. And that's appealing both for consumers because it's much easier uh, but also for merchants, because um, merchants are able to um, build loyalty, right? Build repeat purchase um, through this kind of product versus trying to um, sell different loans every time a customer comes in um, and shops at, the, at their store. Um, the third thing I would say um, uh, to address your sort of differentiation question, right, is as a bank, um, we've spent a lot of time and have a lot of experience um, through various economic cycles um, to be very judicious about our underwriting uh, and really uh, focus on responsible borrowing. And what that means is um, we are always looking for a consumer's ability to repay any debt. We report um, that debt um, to the bureaus um, so we can allow others, other lenders to also be responsible. Um, and that's one of the things uh, we might get to a, a little bit later. Um, 
but that's one of the things that um, I think the, the regulators are, are calling out um, is inconsistent uh, with some of the other BNPL fintech providers. Yeah, for sure. So let's talk about the, the current uh, macroeconomic climate. Uh, we all know, like in the last few months, it's been a tough time for fintech firms in general, particularly for BNPL firms. It's been a trying time and um, a lot of valuations have also been under pressure. And like, for example, Klarna, Klarna's valuation uh, fell by 85%. And in general, the sector seems to be uh, struggling a little bit right now. So how has this period been for Citizens Pay? And, and how does the firm plan to get through this difficult period? Yeah, great question. Look, um, I, I won't necessarily speak um, to some of the difficulties because um, they might be very unique to um, different individual lenders. But more broadly speaking, um, what we are seeing in the marketplace is uh, a, two, a couple of kind of key components, right? One is um, as inflation rises and as interest rates rise, a cost of funds for um, fintech lenders and actually all lenders rise, but uh, maybe disproportionately uh, more for fintech lenders. Um, and cost of funds is obviously a key component of the economic uh, model uh, for buy not pay later or, or any um, lending product. So um, the cost structure starts to go up and it goes disproportionately for, for fintech firms uh, versus for bank owned BNPLs like Citizens Pay, uh, where we're um, uh, we have our own balance sheet and we have a deposit base. Um, we, are, we are able to withstand that um, a, a lot, a lot better. So that's one thing. The the other is again for the same economic reasons, um, and especially if and when we we start to get into a deeper recession, um, you start to see losses climb, um, and. That also impacts, uh, I believe, fintech lenders a little bit more because uh, of the way that they underwrite versus the way we underwrite at, at banks. Um, having more data and information through multiple economic cycles um, in our credit models, looking at consumer ability to pay, uh, looking at consumers' credit bureaus to make those decisions um, gives bank-owned BNPLs a, a, a advantage um, to, to ensure that they can minimize the, the credit loss um, uh, credit losses, right? So that's another piece that you might have seen tick up quite a bit over the last uh, quarter, a couple of quarters uh, with, with some of the fintech lenders. So you add all of those components, right, where the demand's still there, but uh, the cost structure is changing between cost of funds and, and cost of credit, et cetera. And um, and that becomes a, a challenge for fintech lenders, um, more so than uh, than than for bank-owned BN, BNPL. This episode is sponsored by Quavo. When issuers partner with Quavo in their fraud and dispute solution QFT, they're getting much more than just a claim system. Quavo continues to partner with their clients to ensure that they stay up-to-date on all association changes, including mandate changes that occur biannually. Quavo works to ensure that their clients are always informed and ahead of the game. For more information, head over to quavo.com. Right. 
And while we're on this topic, let's also talk about uh, regulation, which has been a big topic, especially since the CFPB's report came out, which um, suggested that regulation, uh, stricter regulation is coming for BNPL. So I'd like to hear your thoughts on how you think that's going to impact the BNPL sector in general, um, fintech firms, and also citizen space product. Honestly, um, the the report um, from the CFPB um, was um, I, I I feel pretty um, unbiased uh, in terms of um, BNPL. Um, they didn't inherently call BNPL bad, right? What they called that was um, some of the things within the pain for type products um, that are being offered by fintech lenders aren't necessarily consistent uh, with how other lending products work, particularly credit cards. Um, and, uh, and, and, and as a result, it doesn't provide as much um, consumer protection as um, the other products do. Um, we, as a regulated bank, uh, right, we looked at all of the, the things that the CFPB called out in their report and um, we, we feel very strong um, around the components about responsible borrowing, um, how we are looking at ability to repay as a key component um, of making credit decisions, which is one of the things that they called out. We also um, are adhering to all of the um, compliance around uh, disclosures, which again is something that they called out. Um, is inconsistent with fintech lenders. Um, the cost of borrowing is sometimes inconsistent. The late fees associated with the small dollar lending that's happening um, was also called out uh, as disproportionate to the amount of loan that uh, fintech lenders are providing. Um, and, and so all of those things, when we compare it to how Citizens Pay operates, um, we, we, we feel like we have a very strong and robust compliance infrastructure and are already doing what they've called out uh, as gaps uh, for the fintech lenders. So I think what, what what's likely going to happen, right? Um, and I don't think that the report sort of form, formalized, uh, but they'll have specific guidance, I think, for uh, for BNPL lenders. Um, but but I think the fintech lenders are going to have to um, shore up some of these things, right, um, in terms of compliance and, and investing more in the infrastructure, um, you know, whether it's for front end uh, application process to make sure that the customer has the ability to uh, repay that debt um, to um, the, the disclosures around, um, around that to their fee structure. So, it may change um, the, the business model um, or at least the economics of the paying for product. Um, and like I said, we as a very prolific lender um, that have been around for uh, a couple of hundred years, uh, and even in this buy not pay later business for uh, about seven years, we are already in a very regulated industry and are already doing all the things that, that they've called out. So, so we feel pretty strong about that. Great. So maybe now um, I'd like to hear what you think about the future of the industry. 
keeping in mind, obviously, regulation, but also outside of that uh, in general, can you walk us through what you think the future is going to be like for the BNPL sector uh, in the coming years? Sure, sure. Yeah, um, I think there are three legs to, um, you know, sort of the stool of uh, BNPL sector um, next year and, and beyond. Um, one is consumer behavior. And that I feel very strongly, right, based on just um, historical data over the last few years, um, that consumers will continue to look for more transparent and budget-friendly, uh, predictable options to make larger purchases. Um, and so that's going to continue. Uh, then there's the, the, the leg around um, compliance, regulation, et cetera. Um, and that's going to even the playing field um, for uh, lenders and give consumers more protection. Um, and so I think that's going to ramp up a little bit more and it'll have some impacts, greater impacts to fintech lenders versus bank-owned BNPLs. Um, and then you'll, you'll have um, uh, the, the lenders themselves. Um, and, and I see um, more competition, but also more um, consolidation as um, other banks and issuers kind of enter the fray um, and, you know, not every um, buy not pay later is going to, uh, you know, sort of continue um, to go out alone at this, right, with all the different pressures, uh, there might be some consolidation that happens. Uh, the banks are going to step in more and more because of some inherent advantages that they have. And so, there's going to be more competition, but the um, the dimension of that composition or composition of that, that competition is going to change. Um, but by and large, right, I think the pie is going to continue to, to grow. Um, we are only in the single digits in terms of um, buy not pay there is, is in the single digits uh, with regards to total payments. Um, and so there's a lot of runway. Uh, the pie is going to get a lot bigger, um, which inherently is going to attract uh, more and more players. Great. And now maybe we can also talk specifically about uh, the future of Citizens Pay. How, how do you see the future of Citizens Pay and, and uh, what's, what's on the horizon? Absolutely. Um, Citizens Pay, um, we are going to continue down our more differentiated path um, and invest uh, in, in our buy not pay later product and this business. Um, our differentiated strategy is going to be around um, more sophisticated product constructs for more sophisticated and larger retailers, um, right, that are looking for something beyond just another payment tender type at checkout. Um, and so what you likely see, right, is... Um, We'll, we'll, we'll concentrate on fewer, larger retailers um, that have complex needs that we are inherently um, in a better position to solve their needs. Um, so we, we, we won't um, go out similar to other fintech lenders and try to uh, grab 10,000, 50,000 retail partners. Um, we're probably going to be in more the you know dozen, two dozen type um uh, scale, uh, but those are going to be um, of significant uh, kind of 
material volume, right, in terms of the needs that are being solved for those larger retailers. Um, we are going to continue down the path of um, uh, our verticals that we've chosen um, based on, you know, just where we see our differentiated advantage. So we're going to continue to invest in the electronics um, uh, sector. We're going to invest more in our um, uh, home and home improvement um, vertical, as well as healthcare, medical, um, dental verticals. So those are some of the primary verticals that we're concentrating on because we, again, see a unique value proposition and a differentiated advantage um, that we want to leverage in those verticals. But just to, you know, kind of recap, right, I feel like fundamentally the uh, buy now, pay later is a very strong value proposition for consumers, right? And that will continue to grow. Um, inherently, regulators don't view buy now, pay later as, as bad, right? It's just making sure that there is consumer protection and an even playing field uh, amongst lenders. Um, and then citizen space specifically um, is already kind of uniquely positioned with our differentiated product to take advantage of, of all of those things, right? To continue to grow. Um, so I overall feel like um, we are very well positioned. Bank on BNPL is, is well positioned as more and more banks enter the fray. Um, and, and consumers are going to get the advantage, right, of uh, more competition, but more transparent, uh, budget-friendly options uh, to make payments. So, I mean, overall, while we might see some sort of negative press around buy now, pay later, uh, I'm still very bullish about it. Awesome, Gaurav. This was great. Uh, thanks a lot for joining me. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a pleasure, Ismail. You just heard my conversation with Gaurav Sethi, Chief Strategy Officer at Citizens Pay. You can read the full transcript of our conversation on the Tearsheet website. And that brings us to the end of today's episode. As always, thanks a lot for joining me today and I will catch you back here in two weeks.